We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Pelicans win! Hour two of our Graybar Sports Open Line getting underway here on KMOX. As always, if you want to chime in, you can do so. You can call or text 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, What we're looking for today from you, just general thoughts, general comments on the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. And we'll read some more of those uh, messages coming up later on in the program. But how are you feeling? What, where, where are you at emotionally with Vladimir Tarasenko no longer being a blue? Maybe you're, you, maybe you'd kind of already checked out on him. You knew that this team was likely not to make it to the playoffs this year. You knew that Tarasenko was likely not to be a blue next year. So you had already kind of moved on. Or maybe you're on the other side of things, and you really appreciate his role in the history of this organization. Fifth most goals, fifth most points in franchise history help lead the team to their first ever cup and during the cup run had 17 points, 11 goals, and six assists in 26 playoff games. Originally drafted by the Blues in the first round of the 2010 NHL entry draft. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski, where do you stand on Vladimir Tarasenko? Because I, I keep referring to him as one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise. And to me, there is there's no doubt on that. I do think there is a contingent of fans that did not appreciate the fact that he asked for a trade for a couple a couple years ago and kind of held that against him. At the same time, look how he in, – in sports today, If as, a, as an athlete, if you go request a trade, you're not doing what Tarasenko just did, playing a couple more years and playing at a, a pretty high level, especially last year. Where How do you view Vladimir Tarasenko and his legacy with the St. Louis Blues? Well, in my young 23 years of life experience, I think he would – Definitely be probably the best blue that I was able to see. You know, I was uh, I'm I'm too young to have witnessed Brett Hall, Bernie Federko. Um, I don't I don't think he's at that level, but Mm-mm. at least in my life in my lifetime, the best blue I've seen. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So I'm older than you. I'm 40. You're 23. So we have 17 years difference between 
the two of us, which makes me feel even older because I don't feel what people view 40 as. But I, I did see Brett Hall. Like that's the, that's the player that I grew up watching. And the day that he was traded continues to be one of my least favorite sports days ever. He was the guy that I rooted for. And I always kind of lament the fact that Mike Keenan came, came in here and changed the playing legacy of a Brett Hall. And it, it, it bothers me to this day. But in your 17, in, in your 23 years, what, but probably what, 16, 17, 18 years, 16 years maybe of really watching hockey, Tarasenko being the best blue, he was the most pure goal scorer on the team. And that's something that I brought up a lot. I, when, um, when there were conversations about moving him previously and maybe moving him to create some salary cap space because of who you wanted to potentially bring in, a lot of times I, I brought up the fact that, well, we're, who's going to score you goals? Well, who's your peer goal scorer? And Tarasenko was always that guy. And they've, they've got work to do in terms of the way this roster is going to be put together. And I talked about it last hour. They are not in a great salary cap position. And they weren't going to have Tarasenko back anyway, so it's, it's not even worth talking about what this team would have looked like if they would have found a way to keep them because that was that was never going to happen. And we like to talk in terms of things that are actually going to happen. But Tarasenko's an all-time blue, and now he he exits. And I think he has a really, really strong legacy from, from a stats standpoint and then obviously from a Stanley Cup standpoint. We'll take your comments again. Where are you at from kind of an emotional, mental, even even a literal type standpoint? Where are you at right now with Tarasenko being moved? Call or text. Really, we'll take text would be better because we're going to read these later on. Uh, text in 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you text. Or if you just want to tweet at me, you can tweet at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Wanted to mention this uh, real quickly. The, we're in a really cool time right now in terms of new St. Louis sports with both, and some people will say that the Battle Hawks aren't new. They're they're new. It's a it's a new version of the XFL. This is uh, they they may have the same name as the previous version, but it's new. It's it's a it's a league that's essentially uh, getting started. So the XFL is going to be kicking off on February 18th. That's nine days from now. And the Battlehawks officially announced their roster earlier today. Two quarterbacks, three running backs, eight receivers, three tight ends, nine offensive linemen, seven defensive linemen, six linebackers, nine defensive backs, three specialty players uh, all on the roster. They have one player on injured reserve, and the team's going to add one more player before the start of the season. Coach Anthony Becht is going to be meeting with the media coming up tomorrow to talk a little bit uh, about the roster and the start of the season. Just it's fun to see these things come together. And every single time the the Battle Hawks make an announcement, it feels like it's that much closer. And you've got City SC. They're just about set to get started. They're out in California right now. They're taking part in an event with, I think it's 12 other MLS teams are out there, and they're playing exhibitions against them. They played the Los Angeles Galaxy yesterday, ended up losing that game uh, by a 4-1 score. But they're getting closer to, to being here. And it's just, 
it adds to the St. Louis sports calendar, especially a year. And I, the thing I don't know, and I, I don't have a good handle on, I don't have a good grasp on, is how much one thing impacts another thing. Like, I used to work in minor league baseball. And when we worked in when we worked in minor league baseball and we tried to get people to come to games, we knew that we weren't competing against major league baseball teams. People are not making a decision between going to a minor league baseball game and a, and a major league baseball game. That wasn't you weren't competing for that audience. What you were competing against was the families who were going to the movies or going mini golfing or going out to dinner, or just staying home and having a movie. Like, that that was the group that you were competing against. And when when you put in, like, everything that's going on right now, when it comes to the St. Louis sports fans' disposable income and time, how is this all going to be divvied up here between now and Cardinals opening day? Where you have the rest of the Blues season, and I think the Blues are different than, than the other two, and the Blues, no matter how how poorly, how well the Blues are playing, they're going to continue to draw at a very high level. But you have the Blues down the, down the stretch of the season, and it's a disappointing season for them. And then you have City SC, who's basically, they, they sold out of their season tickets. There's not going to be that many single-game tickets. They're going to be sold out on a year-in, year-out basis uh, for the foreseeable future. And you have the Battle Hawks coming in that are always going to have tickets available because of uh, just the fact that they're going to play in a uh, in a place that's really really big, and they've got lots of lots of opportunities for uh, for yeah for for people to to buy tickets. But just this um, this period we're in right now with City coming in, the Battle Hawks coming in, the end of the Blues season, and how St. Louis sports fans are going to uh, handle all of that through uh, through this period until we get to the uh, start of the Cardinal season again. Uh, spring training starts next week. This is uh, this is our final full two hour show that will be originating from St. Louis as Sports Open Line will pick the desk up and we will take it to Jupiter, Florida, and we are going to start broadcasting uh, from Jupiter starting this Monday, and we will be there through, pretty much through the duration of uh, spring training in some form or fashion. All right, we'll uh, go back to talking football. The person that you'll hear broadcasting the Super Bowl, if you happen to be listening to the radio broadcast this weekend on Westwood One, is Kevin Harlan. He's going to be working with Kurt Warner. Kevin Harlan set to join us in just a moment or so. We'll talk about the Super Bowl, everything going on in Arizona. That's next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela, 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're down to five seconds. And the Eagles have been the NFC's best team all season long. Zeroes on the clock, and they will carry that momentum with big wins in the divisional round against the Giants and here in the championship round against San Francisco, all the way to Arizona and Super Bowl 57. The dulcet tones of the great Kevin Harlan as a play-by-play nerd. I love, I love listening to Kevin Harlan broadcast games. It does not get much better than uh, than listening to him. He's so incredibly talented, and uh, he's going to be on the call of the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday as he'll be doing the broadcast for Westwood One Sports. That's the national uh, radio broadcast. Right now, we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the program. Uh, Kevin Harlan joins us here on Sports Open Line. Kevin, thank you so much for uh, taking some time with us this evening. How are you? Great to be on. Thanks. Uh, Arizona is looking great. They are ready to go for this Super Bowl. It's going to be, I think, uh, I think it's going to be one of the best Super Bowls actually we've ever had. Two evenly matched teams that that have uh, you know strengths maybe in different areas, but at the end of the day, it is very evenly matched. You are going to be working with uh, Kurt Warner, who obviously uh, a lot of people in St. Louis love him. What is it like to uh, to work alongside Kurt? Kurt's terrific. Uh, we've been partners for a while now on Westwood One and CBS Radio. He is um, he is the hardest uh, worker I've ever been around in terms of watching tape, uh, taking notes. He watches every snap of every game every single week of the season. And uh, we'll be in our Monday night broadcast booth uh, three, four hours before kickoff. And uh, he'll have his laptop out. He'll have his book open, his pen in hand, and uh, chronicling everything he sees uh, with each game. And it's every game that he watches. And it's, it really is a, it, it's inspiring to see someone work so hard, uh, working as hard in broadcasting, actually, as he did as a player. He, he felt that he had to be the most knowledgeable, the most well-prepared, and he definitely was that as a player, and he certainly is that as a analyst. Well, you're certainly that as well. When it comes to the Super Bowl, are you doing anything differently in terms of your prep, or are you already got everything locked down that for a Super Bowl broadcast prep, it's very similar to what you do during the regular season? You know, I, I do all the things. I try to stay in the same routine, and I think that's important, uh, listening or watching your last game, grading that, maybe watching it a second time because we've had the off week. Certainly the same kind of notes and, and preparation from from that standpoint. But um, uh, the, the great thing about the Super Bowl is by the time the game rolls around, everybody pretty much knows the stories, the players, the storylines going in, uh, the keys for the game. Uh, there's not a lot of educating. Not a lot of people trying to play catch-up on who's in and why they're there and, 
and what to expect. That basically for the last two weeks has been seen and digested by every football fan. So uh, quite frankly, it's a, uh, it's, 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 it's a little bit easier from that standpoint. If you're just going in sometimes middle of the season and you're trying to learn two teams quickly in, in a five or six day span, uh, you can sometimes over-prepare because you feel like I, I, I need to know everything about this team. The great thing here is we're down to the final two teams and people have had two weeks uh, to catch up and get all the stories certainly uh, tucked away in their mind. Uh, they know these teams anyway. They've both been perennial uh, winning teams all season long. There's no surprise. We have the number one team in the AFC and the number one team in the NFC. So people people know the story. So really it's just getting down to calling the game and doing the best I can with that. They do things in different ways, especially from an offensive standpoint. Does that make it more fun that you're going to see different type of styles playing uh, depending on which team is out there offensively? It always is. I, I just think the variety makes it fun. Now, listen, it would be fun if we had two bombers, two long-range passers that all they want to do is go deep. There's there's something incredibly exhilarating about that. And and actually, these two have something I think very much in common is, is they both have great will. Like, like they will their teams, I think, with their individual plays. So often we saw it with Mahomes in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals on that long run late in the game that, that was eventually uh, there was a penalty called in the Bengals on a late hit out of bounds got them into field goal range, and they won, and they got to the Super Bowl. Uh, and on a bad ankle, the high ankle sprain that continues to hound Mahomes, he, he found something extra and willed his way to get it, thus willing his team. And, and that has been his trademark. And the same, too, for Jalen Hurts, who's been a leader at Alabama and at Oklahoma, a decorated college quarterback, and uh, he's come in as a high pick in the second round a couple of years ago and, and taken the team and made it his own. He has uh, galvanized everybody on that on that team, and he does it because of his professionalism, his attention to detail, and his will to get better and to will the offense to become the best they can be. So the one thing they do have in common, even though they may play a little bit differently, uh, Hurts being more of a running quarterback and certainly Mahomes with that generational talent and arm strength and, and skill, um, is they both will their teams in, in, in the same way, kind of like Brady did. You know, Brady didn't have the best arm, the fastest feet, um, the, the greatest body, on and on and on. But what he did have, he had that will to win and will to get better, and that was contagious on the Patriots. And I think we see that same element very, very much apparent with the Eagles and the Chiefs. Kevin Harlan continues to uh, join us here on Sports Open Line. He'll be on the call of the Super Bowl for Westwood One Sports. Patrick Mahomes has largely become the face of the NFL. How good is it for the league to have that guy playing in their biggest game of the year? Well, it, it's it's certainly huge. You know, I, I think if you were talking, you know, just generally about the, the top five, ten quarterbacks of all time, not just now, but of all time, Mahomes would be in that conversation. That's the kind of impact he's had um, as a as a young player. And he's only played a handful of years as a starter in this league. So so to do what he's done and to do it uh, with the great success of Super Bowl um, appearances, third and four years, an MVP, and probably to win an MVP again, um, I mean, it's just an incredible start, um, much like Brady, actually, with, with winning. I, and people have asked this week a lot, you know, will – um, you know, will, will, will Mahomes shape his future and the narrative on him um, if he wins or loses with this game alone? I said, absolutely not. He's 
He's still in the first half, easily in the second quarter of his career. He's got a lot more of these, and the Chiefs are a smart organization. They played in prominent roles against the Bengals two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. They played 10 rookies. I mean, this team got younger. They, they took uh, what was going to be a very difficult thing in trading Tyree Kill, who has the who is the fastest uh, receiver in pro football, maybe the best ball skills, and they 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 parlayed that into five picks, and and uh, the other picks that they had already, um, they had ten rookies that have made a, a an impact on the game the other night, and they've had thirteen rookies that have helped this team throughout the season. So the team has gotten younger, retooled. They had to kind of retool their offense, certainly without the blazing speed of Hill. Uh, but along the way, no complaints from Mahomes, just, you know, gathers in what he has, does the best that he can, and he wins. And he's won since he's gotten the league, and he's got the perfect coach to lead him along the way. You know, Mahomes is wired a different way, too. He's, he's got a nice personality. He's a married guy with two children. He's, you know, he, he's, he's, he, he is seemingly checked every box. Not that that is the way we, we should all live. I'm just saying that he, he, he's, he doesn't stray into problem areas. He, he is, is a professional on the field. He seems to have his off the field, um, you know, world all organized like he does on the field. And he just, he, he, he kind of checks all those different boxes you're looking at. And, and that makes him, I think, a very uh, embraceable type figure for the NFL and certainly for the fans. Just a couple more moments with uh, Kevin Harlan. I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, but obviously you have deep ties to uh, to Kansas City. From a from a fan standpoint, how much do you uh, enjoy for Chiefs fans that they've been able to see their team go on this run that they've been on the last few years? You know, I was just saying the other day that, that Kansas City is really kind of in this golden era of sports. Uh, back in the, uh, you know, what, 2014, 15 in that area, the, the baseball team, they got to a World Series, and then they went to another one and won it. Um, uh, the Chiefs have been to, now this is their third Super Bowl in four years. So since the middle teens into now, like we've had the Kansas City sports-wise and Kansas, the Jayhawks, won the national championship last year. And they're 40 minutes away from Kansas City on a drive. So you're, you're talking about, like, this has been this, this very magical seven, eight-year period for uh, Kansas Cityans following their team. Um, it never gets old. The, the, the Chiefs have never been more popular. Uh, there's no fatigue with any kind of success, not in the NFL, which is the number one sport. No fatigue by the fans whatsoever, um, and, and they've been uh, embracing it. And, and, and interestingly enough, during this time, you know, um, Kansas City has had a history of losing um, things. They lost the Major League Baseball team uh, to Oakland. They had Kansas City Athletics became the Oakland A's. It looks like Oakland's going to lose them again to Vegas. Um, they lost an NHL team, the Scouts, to Denver. Um, uh, they, they lost an NBA team to Sacramento. They lost the Big 8, now the Big 12, to uh, Dallas. They lost the NCAA um, uh, to Indianapolis. Uh, heck, they go back to the days of TWA. They lost TWA to St. Louis and New York. Um, but but since the teams have started to win, um, you know, the, the baseball and, and, and six, seven, eight, nine years ago and, and the NFL Chiefs, the city has is, is kind of been reborn a little bit. We have a brand-new airport that will be completed and opened by March 1st that will be incredible and, and to the point where now there's talk of international flights coming out of Kansas City. Uh, the train station, which every old, you know t- uh, city has, but 
that train station in Kansas City has become more of a gathering point. It is, uh, they spent a lot of money to renovate it, and it's been uh, a huge success in getting even more popular. Um, there's just a lot going on in Kansas City that's very nice to see after so many years of losing this and losing that. And and uh, and now it's nice to kind of see the city get get a second win here or a third win, however you want to describe it, and and bolster ahead. And it's it's been fun. He is Kevin Harlan. He'll be on the call of the Super Bowl for Westwood One Sports. Uh, just a, a, an amazing broadcaster, and we appreciate him taking some time with us today. Kevin, thank you so much. You're so kind. I appreciate your wonderful words. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on your station. I love Camelex. Grew up listening to it as a kid. Uh, so it's got a very special place in my heart. But sure nice to visit with you. Take care. Kevin Harlan joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate him taking some time with us. I really mean that. I love whether it's his radio work, which is fantastic, whether it's his TV work uh, with CBS and with Turner. Uh, he's one for me that I just so enjoy listening to him broadcast games. So that was fun to be able to uh, chat with him for just a little bit. And he's once again calling the Super Bowl. He calls the Super Bowl just about every year for uh, Westwood One Sports. We'll be working with uh, Kurt Warner. May, you've probably heard, if you if you listen to KMOX much, that's been uh, for many of the Monday night football games, that was the crew, Harlan and Warner doing the games together. They really do work well together. And uh, you, I, I follow Kurt on Twitter, and like the football discussion that Kurt will have, kind of geeking out, nerding out on football on Twitter it's it's very enjoyable to just kind of sit back and consume. Maybe that's the that's the best of Twitter. So uh, that's uh, that's a heck of a broadcast crew that Westwood One is able to uh, put together, and they'll have the Super Bowl call coming up this weekend. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to shift gears back to hockey again. If you'd like to chime in on uh, the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. We will uh, welcome your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. If you want to text, that's also how you text. 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll hear uh, some of the comments made by uh, head coach Craig Berube earlier today. And we'll continue to break down just the implications of this move that the Blues made earlier today. This is Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. It's KMOX. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win. Billikens win. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Continuing on with Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Have about uh, 20, 25 minutes left in the program. We'll take you till 8 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow, it will be a short show. Slew basketball playing tomorrow night. Huge game. Huge game tomorrow night as they go on the road to take on a a pretty good Dayton squad. So that game's going to start at 7 o'clock tomorrow, meaning our coverage starts just after 6.45. So uh, we'll be taking you till uh, pregame coverage with Bob Ramsey and Earl Austin Jr. And then come Monday, we will be coming your way from Jupiter, Florida, assuming that our equipment made its way. It was on the truck as far as I know. So I tweeted out can confirm or something like that, that our equipment was on the truck. I actually, I had nothing to do with that. I know all the equipment was sitting in the KMOX sports office, and then it was not sitting in the KMOX sports office anymore, and that coincided with the day the truck left, and I knew the plan was to put it on the truck, but that is, uh, that's beyond my pay grade 
on making sure that the actual and I wouldn't want that job, by the way, because if something gets forgotten, because I, I I tend to be forgetful. I tend to uh, just sometimes st- stuff slips through the cracks with me. I would whoa, Pajeski just laughed when I said that. Were you laughing at me or were you laughing at something else? I'm just checking Twitter here, laughing at uh, something oh, totally oh, unrelated. Okay. That was a very dismissive laugh on your part. I'm sitting here, I'm talking, and my guy over here, guy I think is my friend, all of a sudden being a little bit self-deprecating. He's like, yep. No, that's that's not the way it's supposed to uh, supposed to go. Anyways, uh, where was I at? Uh, yeah, I believe the equipment's there. We'll find the equipment on Monday. We'll get stuff put together. The crack staff of engineers here took me through the process of putting stuff together. I took pictures on my phone. I know I'm going to freak out when something doesn't work. It's going to be a whole thing. It's going to be a whole thing because this is my first time putting it together. It's my first foray into covering Cardinal spring training, which I'm looking forward to. But, yeah, we'll be down there. I'm down there for about a month. Tom Ackerman gets there. We have a little bit of crossover time between me and Tom. I'll come back uh, just before uh, spring training wraps up. He'll finish up the spring training coverage. And then before we know it, it's going to be the uh, the regular. What are we, 49 days away? Is that right? Yesterday was 50, so yep. today would be 49. That's generally how it works. If you are mathematically inclined, 50 minus 1 equals 49. All right, uh, let's get back into the Blues. Craig Berube uh, spoke uh, earlier today. Uh, they held a practice as they get back. It has been, the Blues are basically getting two weeks off of games. They have this long break following the All-Star break. So the Blues are finally going to uh, get back in action coming up this week. And kind of crazy when you think about it. Vladimir Tarasenko's final thing as a member of the Blues was participating in an all-star weekend and the all-star events. He never, never plays a game after that. I wonder how many times that happens in like the history of the NHL where somebody's final thing that they do as a member of a team is the all-star game, especially somebody with the stature of a Vladimir Tarasenko, somebody who is an all-time great in a franchise's history, never, ever after the all-star game, coming back and participating uh, with the team. But the Blues are going to uh, get back at it coming up on Saturday. They'll be back at home as they take on the Coyotes. Uh, we played earlier some of the comments from uh, General Manager Doug Armstrong. If you missed any of that, good news for you. You can always go find the Sports Open Line podcast, KMOX.com, the Odyssey app, and uh, you can hear much of what uh, Doug Armstrong had to say to the media earlier today. We did that about 6.20 in case you were trying to go back through, so 20 or so minutes into uh, the first hour of the program. But nonetheless, let's hear from head coach um, Craig Berube. And uh, he said it was tough saying goodbye to the players that the Blues traded away today. Tough, you know, situation for sure. And obviously we haven't performed well enough to, you know, like that's what happens. You know, trades are made. And both of them have been good players for us. You know, obviously Vladdy's been here a long time, won a cup here with us. Uh, you know, they'll both be missed. Were you able to have a chat with Lenny on the way out? And yeah. What you say? No, not good luck going forward. Thanks for everything. I mean, you know, he he um, helped us win here and been a good player here for a long time. He was asked a little bit more about where his relationships was and, and what his relationship was like with Tarasenko. I mean, listen, as a coach and a player, you always have battles and things, but it was never personal. It was always move on the next day, you know, like, and... Uh, 
I respect Vladdy for that because, you know, there was a lot of tough moments and, and in conversations that weren't, uh, you know, the best. But, listen, he never he never held uh, a grudge, and neither did I, and move on and focus on the next day and get going again. He's kind of like you in the sense he, he usually tells you what's on his mind, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he does, he's pretty open-minded that way. That's interesting. I think you read between the lines there, and you can kind of tell that maybe there was a bit of a disconnect between Barubi and Tarasenko. And again, I think the credit goes to Tarasenko because he continued to play. He continued to play at a at a relatively high level, especially when you go back to to last season. But it, not everybody was on the same page anymore, and that probably all got started. It didn't probably all got started. It did. did I'll get started when he asked for a trade, when he was unhappy with some of the uh, the medical situations, losing confidence in, in some of the medical staff uh, for the Blues. And then he stuck around basically for another two years. So where do they go from here? Ruby says they're focused on the future. Well, it's always, everything's, nothing's easy, right? It's always difficult, but our focus is to win games and, and, and work, push to get in the playoffs. You know, I know we made trades. We got Sammy Blake coming back. Um, he played for us for a while. I'm a good player here. So we're excited to get him back. And, um, you know, we got good enough players in order to do the job. And with that focus on the future, they need to really push now that they have gone by the All-Star break. Yeah, I do. And like I said, I talked to the guys about, you know, we need to make a push here. You know, 10 games here, like you got to push. You know, I think, you know, 10 games here and see where you're at. I mean, that's important. I think guys are on board with it. Uh, they looked... Uh, um, energized out there. Uh, pace is really good, so they seem in a good spot. We'll see where they go from here. I'm not overly optimistic. This is one of those things I want to be wrong on. This is one of those things that I absolutely want to be wrong on. I want this team to be able to flip the proverbial switch, to go on just this incredible run during the final third of the season, basically, and play themselves back into the playoffs and have some success in the playoffs as well. That's what I want to see. And I don't even think that that's an impossibility, but I don't think it's likely. You know, we had a, we had a caller call in earlier. We weren't able to get them on the air because we were taking a break before we got to uh, Kevin Harlan. But the caller wanted to ask, why make this trade now? And I think that if somebody's asking why make this trade now, part of the question is, well, don't you want to give them the opportunity to go on a run here, being their best self, to see if you can make it into the playoffs? And I think my answer to this, and Doug Armstrong talked about it a little bit, of why do this right now. I think the the point here is that, this trade might not have been available in closer to the trade deadline. The, the process of going through trades this year is challenging. A lot of teams are up against the cap, and there might not be that many first-round picks just sitting out there for you to be able to acquire. So go make the move now. Instead of hoping for an anomaly, go make a move now and – Move forward from there, and that's that's what they did. And I, I getting a first round pick in the current climate of the NHL is not easy, and they were able to pull it off. It took them paying half of his salary for the rest of the season. Big deal. 
They got a first-round pick out of it. That's what they wanted to do. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. David has given us a call. Hey, David, you're on Sports Open Line. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we made out really – um, Vladdy was my wife's favorite player. Yes, he helped us win a cup. Um, the next trade um, – I really think they should trade O'Reilly, and I know Colorado's looking at looking for people, and he'd be really good with Perron in Detroit. Okay, we need to make Shen our captain. Uh, we have not had a captain that has stuck up for players physically since Scott Stevens and Brian Sutter. I mean, um, yes, O'Reilly is a great player, but. He he sits on the bench. He looks up at the scoreboard. You never see him, you know, yelling at the players, saying, come on, let's go. His time's up. We need to trade him, carry on for the future, and make Shen our captain. All right, Dave. Appreciate the phone call. You mentioned Detroit. They're not going to trade for Ryan O'Reilly. Detroit's the second-to-last team in the Atlantic Division of the Eastern Conference. Any team that's trading for a Ryan O'Reilly is bringing them in to play for a playoff run. Now, Kyle, he obviously – came from Colorado. There were I feel like there were some hurt feelings between him and, and Colorado, if I if I remember correctly. Time does tend to heal all wounds. Uh Colorado is starting to play a little bit better. They're up against the cap as well. I mean they're coming off uh, a salary cap. They had to or a Stanley Cup. They had to uh we'll see some guys walk away. So I think it would be challenging uh for them in terms of being able to uh make that deal work. I, I'm fine trading Ryan O'Reilly. I'm if and I'm I'm fine trading Ryan O'Reilly and bringing him back. In terms of those other things that he said, I I don't know. I I've I've never had a problem with the body language of a Ryan O'Reilly. I think he's frustrated this year. I do. I think he's frustrated. I, I think he's uh, he has not played at a very high level. It's been a a large drop off from last year to this year. Uh, but I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with him as a captain. And he he is as hard of a worker as has played for the Blues. And generally that equates into a lot of success. It has not equated into success uh, this year. Let's grab one more phone call before we uh, take a break. Tracy has given us a call. Hey, Tracy, you're on Sports Open Line. Hi, Matt. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to uh, uh, thank uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. He was my favorite player, too. I hate seeing him go, but I get it. And uh, I wish him well in his next endeavor. And thanks for all the memories. He was with us a long time there. A lot of good memories. Yeah, a lot of good memories. Tracy, thank you so much for the phone call. He led the team to a cup. That's the thing. The Blues have one Stanley Cup. And Vladimir Tarasenko was a huge part of it. I was on DGS today. It was kind of embarrassing now when, as I look back on it. Uh, Glover asked me, he's like, how long has he been around? I was like, oh, man. Seven years, uh, ten years. He made his he made his NHL debut ten years ago with with the Blues. It doesn't feel like it's been ten years. That's a long time. That's a long time. And again, you look at his career ranks and where they stand in Blues history. He is an all time great Blue, and a lot more good than bad. And I think he deserves to be commended for the way he carried himself during a two-year period where he really didn't want to be part of the team anymore because you never would have known it based off his play. 
All right, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. If you want to tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll take one final break. Come back and wrap up this edition. It's Sports Open Line on a Thursday night right here on KMOX. Hey, it's Matt Pauley, and I'll be in Jupiter, Florida at Cardinal Spring Training this coming Monday. I'll be bringing you the latest from Redbirds Camp with reports mornings and afternoons and Sports Open Line weeknights from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. Spring Training coverage, sponsored in part by Norm's Bargain Barn, on your home of the Cardinals, KMOX. Is this your jam, Matt Pajeski? No, general music bed rotators are generally not my jam. I could see, I could see you in a hotel bar, behind the uh, keyboard, I'm not, playing along. Now I'm starting to like it. I've got that image in my head now. Yeah, you've got the turtleneck on right now. You've you look kind of a hotel bar bandish from like 1987. That's a compliment. Thank yeah. you. What year were you born? Ninety-nine. Yeah, you see, you weren't even you weren't even alive. Wasn't even a, wasn't even a thought. Nope. Ruin. It's called Tower of Power. All right, I've been told. I gotta start talking. Can't keep listening to the music. Welcome back in Sports Open Line. Just a few minutes left here uh, in this program. Again, tomorrow we'll be done early. Slew basketball. They have a huge one tomorrow night. They take on Dayton. That's going to be a game uh, that really is going to go. I, I mentioned this the other day with Carter Chapley on. And they have two games left against Dayton. And then they also are going to match up uh, one more time against VCU. That game will be in Richmond. And the top of the league, I think, is very much going to be determined by the way those three games uh, for SLU and then uh, whatever VCU dating games are left on the schedule, uh, how those games all play out. Uh, and we'll, Yeah, we'll just we'll see. But again, the A-10, it very much looks like a one-bid league this year. We're just getting to this point in college basketball where – the power conferences are getting more and more. And this is part of the the issue with the transfer portal because you don't have as many really good players sticking around for their entire careers if they're playing in the Missouri Valley, if they're playing in the Atlantic 10. At some point, they say, you know what, I, I want to eventually play professionally. Let me go play in a power conference for a year or two and see how I do against them. Oh, and oh, yeah, by the way, name, image, likeness, I can go make a few bucks. And with all due respect to the NIL collectives at mid-majors, the the NIL money that exists at power conference schools, it's just a lot more. So I think we're going to see more of this where leagues like the Valley, leagues like the A-10, leagues that it's not rare for them to get multiple bids into the NCAA tournament, that's going to happen less and less and less. And we're going to see more and more major conference teams get in. You know, I'm a Big 12 guy because I went to uh, I went to college at Kansas State and when a lot of people look at the Big 12 as being the best top to bottom conference in all of uh, in all of college basketball. And you look at the SEC and you look at the Big 10. I mean, they're all good even the the ACC, uh, but I'm just using the Big 12 for an example because of um that's who I pay attention to a lot. 
How many of these schools are good enough to get into the NCAA tournament? Even their worst school in the league is Texas Tech. Texas Tech is 1-10 in in league play. Texas Tech is not a bad team. They just can't win against a lot of the teams in the conference. And then Oklahoma at 2-9 and nine, and West Virginia at 4-7. and seven. Those are the three teams that are towards the bottom. The rest of that league might all get into the NCAA tournament, and that could be true about a lot of the power conference teams or power conferences out there. All right, that's it for this edition of Sports Open Line. We'll talk tomorrow right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.